0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Who else might be flustered other than Chris Carlin after his ordeal this morning? The Phoenix Suns, because center DeAndre Ayton has agreed to an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers, which could impact their ability to trade for Kevin Durant. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, series XM Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. No Canty, no Carlin, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson with you on this Thursday evening. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance, you can tweet to us, my handle, at Courtney R. Cronin. Amber's at Amber W. Sports. You can also hit us up on the phones, CC call in line, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Question we're asking you, are the Phoenix Suns out of the running for Kevin Durant, or can you somehow convince Amber and I that they can make this work in spite of the DeAndre Ayton, their inability now for a sign-and-trade because he has agreed to that four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. 888 espn eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So this news came out a little bit ago uh, as Further move down the Kevin Durant talk and Donovan Mitchell and the potential trade spots for both of those guys. But now with DeAndre Ayton going to Indiana, Amber. How do you see the Phoenix Suns' chances of landing Kevin Durant, knowing what we know about the luxury tax and what that would take, if they indeed match that offer that DeAndre Ayton just received with the Indiana Pacers?
2: Well, if they match the offer, it feels like they're out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Now, I guess maybe Kevin Durant could be on board with this. And hey, Phoenix is the team that I really, really want to play for, right? And and this is just worth me hanging around Brooklyn for half a season and then trying to find my way to Phoenix. Because the reality is, Courtney, that they would have to hold on to DeAndre Ayton until January 15th. So would we be talking about KD moving more like next offseason instead of this off season. I mean, it feels like KD wants out of Brooklyn, New York. And so some of this comes down to, obviously, the Nets' desires because the Nets can continue to shop KD. They don't have to listen to what KD wants. But we know the reality is, That guys of Kevin Durant's caliber, and you and I discussed it earlier in the show, there's so few guys of that caliber, but Kevin Durant happens to be one of those guys of Kevin Durant caliber and guys of that caliber have this kind of power where teams do end up listening to their wishes, at least to some extent. And so if he wants to go ahead and buy more time in Brooklyn, then maybe the Nets end up signing up for that. We could run it back with Kyrie and KD, see what we have in Ben Simmons one more season. And then if you want to leave, we will work with the Phoenix Suns. We will trade you there. And DeAndre Ayton can be actually part of that trade. Or... KD can be like, I don't really care where I end up. Or, hey, there was another team on that two-team list that I gave to the Brooklyn Nets. Let's go ahead and now focus on that team. Because the reality is that all of us assumed if the Suns were making a trade for KD, that this was Ayton was going to be a big cornerstone of that trade, whether it was with three teams or whether it was like a straight-up type of trade. There was the reports out there that the that the Brooklyn Nets were not actually interested in acquiring DeAndre Ayton, but there was a lot of scenarios where a third team, including the Indiana Pacers, could have entered the picture. DeAndre Ayton could have done a sign and trade, and it would have been a very different situation for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah,
1: so the clock is now ticking on the Phoenix Suns. They have 48 hours to match the offer sheet that the Indiana Pacers gave to DeAndre Ayton which he has signed and if they don't he will go to Indiana and then they will have to figure out what they're going to do in free agency if they're still able to make something work to try to get Kevin Durant but this is a weird situation because DeAndre Ayton was the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft. That was not that long ago. Yet, the Phoenix Suns decided that he was not a max player in their mind. And last year, when the likes of Luka Doncic, Michael Porter Jr., Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Trey Young even, got their extensions last off offseason, um, they decided not to. So, so how did we get here? How did the Phoenix Suns get here with DeAndre Ayton? Well, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski said that this move, the one that just happened today with DeAndre Ayton two steps out the door from Phoenix, has been one that's been a long time in the making.
3: Phoenix simply last year when uh, DeAndre Ayton was up for his rookie extension, uh, would not offer him a max contract. Simply did not value him at that level. And uh, Aiton's agents, and listen, I think they had confidence they could go out on the market and do exactly what they're doing today, and that's get DeAndre Aiton a max offer sheet, four years, one hundred and thirty-three million dollars. And now, you know the question is, do the Phoenix Suns match this sheet? Keep DeAndre Aiton at a number that you know they they you know essentially challenged and to go get.
1: Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto and more. Visit progressive.com. So, the Phoenix Suns now find themselves in a little bit of a pickle. Like maybe they think that a center of DeAndre Ayton's caliber is not worth the amount of money that the indiana pacers are going to pay him potentially if this thing ends up going through if nobody else you know presents him with this with another offer sheet and you've got to wonder what that does to not only like the divide between the team the players on the team and the fan base knowing that a core member of the group that got you 64 wins a year ago and the number 1 seed in the west like those two are that relationship is fractured and potentially and on the way to parting ways, but have they effectively shut their championship window on themselves because of this move, because of what it could prevent them from doing if they did have their sights set on Kevin Durant but now might not be able to make that work uh, as well as they would have had they had... Their best tradable asset in the fold.
2: I mean, they had, they were two wins away from a championship, Courtney, right? I mean, they were right there. And DeAndre Ayton said that back in 21 when they were going through these negotiations about a potential rookie extension. You mentioned everybody else that got a rookie extension at that time. DeAndre Ayton came out and he said, I'm really, really disappointed. I wanted to stay in Phoenix. I really like it here. Uh, but we're just not reaching terms of a deal because apparently he was asking for the max. And at the time, Sun's owner. Wasn't willing to do it, and Aiton said in his public comments, "We were two wins away from a championship. I mean, we have the team, so he felt like he was such a key piece of that team that he should be offered the rookie max. That that shouldn't be crazy for him to obtain. The Suns rolled the dice; they didn't think anybody else was going to be interested in giving him a max offer sheet a year later. And frankly, they lost that role, Courtney, because the Indiana Pacers are there. Is you are what the market says you are, right? So the Suns might not have felt like he's a max player, but he is a max max player because he can get a max deal and that's the reality that the Suns find themselves in now in fairness they could have never guessed that Kevin Durant would be available for trade this year with four years left on his deal and that this Aiton situation would have everything to do with it I'm sure if they could have guessed that they would have just given him the rookie extension when he asked for it
1: yeah keeping Aiton in the fold at least for now is kind of a wise move when you look at what their prospect could be for landing Kevin Durant, uh, in this multi-team trade, even though now they wouldn't be able to do it until January 15th. I mean, they've got to be working quickly because you've got the long-term in projecting out how that might play if Kevin Durant truly would stay in Brooklyn, if if the Nets asking price is too high. And again, they would probably know because weren't they the team that said, no, we're not sending you Devin Booker uh, for Kevin Durant. Like We want to keep him in our fold. but. There is that possibility that DeAndre Ayton, if they do end up being able to match, they would not be able to trade him until January 15th. They've got to work out, you know, what that could be potentially with like, this multi-team trade. Um, but they've got a lot of money committed to their all-stars. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, and a really big commitment to Mike Al Bridges as well. So maybe they feel like they could piece things together at center and with these players that make a lot less money. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see who's the winner of this thing. If the Indiana Pacers, who are very much in the beginning of, of a rebuild and blowing this thing up, they just sent Malcolm Brogdon uh, to the Boston Celtics, and, and they're starting over in a lot of respects, but they're getting younger, which I think for someone like um, Tyrese Halliburton, who you know will now have a new pick-and-roll partner, arguably one of the better pick and pick-and-roll pick duos in the NBA— they're getting younger, and, and the ceiling looks like it could be you know, potentially high for, for this Indiana Pacers team after making a move that they don't typically make. So The
2: other danger here, Courtney, real quick, is that if they do hang on to Aiton and they match the offer sheet, I mean, there's no telling mm-hmm. that there will be a market to trade him after sure. January 15th, right? I mean, again, the Nets were reportedly not interested in actually taking Aiton in a straight up type of trade. So that factors in here. Are the Pacers going to want to trade for him when they just gave him an offer sheet that he signed? You know, so there's a lot to this story. And there's a lot of question marks still that remain.
1: Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Straight ahead is the end of the super power, excuse me, super team era over in the NBA. Respect it or check it. Coming up next, Candy and Carlin.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss and Carlin?
1: How NBA Commissioner Adam Silver feels about super teams that have been constructed in the last few years and what his preference is. But is it the end of the super team era as we know it? This is Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Courtney Cronin. Sitting in for the guys on this Thursday evening, as always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So it's been a little bit since we've done Respect It or Check It, but because it's our producer extraordinaire Shannon Penn's last day, we figured what better time than to bring this segment back into the fold. So Shannon, will welcome you in. Do for a little Respect It or Check It.
4: So Javante, you want to go ahead and hit that uh, respect or check it open? Oh, uh, there we go.
0: The well-oiled machine with Kent and garlic.
4: See what happens when you don't do a feature in two and a half months?
1: So it's I my
2: fault. Never heard it's it's really
1: it's my fault because I didn't set you up there for the open, knowing that we just mm-hmm. had a conversation 45 yeah. seconds ago that we have production. Uh-huh. So. I'm sorry. Um, None of us were even sure that we have production, though. (laughs) That's that's how long it's been since we've done this I think we last did this maybe like first round of the the NBA playoffs. Maybe even during March Madness. I don't know. It's been a while. Those are nice beats, by the way. All
4: right, here we go. So for those who aren't familiar with respect it or check it, I will give you a hot sizzling take. And you got to tell me whether or not you're willing to put some respect on said take or you're going to check the take. Easy enough. Amber, I will start with you. The era of the super team is over in the NBA. Are you going to respect it or are you going to check it?
2: I'm going to check it because I think we're about to see Kyrie team up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and that's probably a super team by any definition. So I am definitely going to check this. I think superstars are still going to be enjoying playing with one another. I think they'll find their ways to one another. And frankly, there are super teams that have even come together during, sure, yes, in an organic way, like the Warriors right now, right? Because their core was drafted, fine. But those guys ended up being superstars. So there's that. Like, what actually even defines a super team at this point? No, that era is not going away anytime soon. Nobody actually does it by themselves. That's a misnomer, Courtney, the super team era. It was never over.
1: The organic super team is making me think of like, (laughs) is there a fair trade or a free range super team that's been created? Uh, Thank you for putting that in my head, Amber. I'm going to check this as well, Shannon. Like, I think super teams will go in waves. Like, we saw a lot tried to be formed after LeBron James started this phenomena in the modern era, which is, you know, like 2010 when he went down to Miami to team up with D. Wade and Chris Bosh, like, there. Was a little bit of a lull thereafter, but like these things come and go. Like it's not like every single year you're seeing superstars change teams and trying to team up with their friends and go win championships on other teams. Why? Because contracts exist for a reason. Word to Kevin Durant like the opportunity he has now to go form another super team is something that not every player in the NBA will be able to do anytime they're not happy in their current destination. Kevin Durant's in a class of his own. We'll see if the Brooklyn Nets end up trading him somewhere else. And, oh, by the way, if he doesn't get traded from the Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, does that not sound like a super team to you, Amber? That sounds like one it sounds, to me, so I'm checking this like one. Sounds like a super right. team to me.
4: Cool. All right, moving on. Courtney, I will start with you with this one. Today we're doing our tour days. We had the Indianapolis Colts as one of the teams Courtney, Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in the AFC South. Are you going to respect it or are you going to check it?
1: I'll respect it from an experience standpoint, but I will check it from the fact that I think Trevor Lawrence will be the best quarterback in the AFC South by the end of this year. We don't know what he can be because he's basically starting over with his rookie season in 2022 because of all of the nonsense he had to put up with with uh, Urban Meyer last year, who got fired 11 weeks into the season. So I think that from a talent perspective, from a numbers perspective, Trevor Lawrence will be that guy in the AFC South this year. I'm not really concerned about that honor going to either Davis Mills of the Houston Texans or uh, Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. And got to remember, too, they spent a lot of money trying to bolster their receiving core down in Jacksonville, so at least he's got weapons to throw to. Go ahead and give me Trevor Lawrence from, uh, from that perspective of the best quarterback in the AFC South. I'm going to respect
2: the heck out of this. I think Matt Ryan will easily be the best quarterback in this division. Trevor Lawrence had an unbelievably abysmal rookie year for a number one overall pick, and he gets a total pass because of everything that happened there. He's got the right coach in place now. It's time for him to show us what he's got. The truth is, though, even though Jacksonville was big money spenders in the offseason and they made some good moves, he still doesn't have a lot around him. Matt Ryan has a much better team around him. Matt Ryan has the experience. Matt Ryan's going to be the much better quarterback. Quarterback this
4: season. All right, one more for you here. Sticking with the NFL and our two a day here on ESPN Radio as we're doing, respect It or check it here on Kansy mm-hmm. Carlin with Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. Look
2: at that reset like on that, his right? last I mean, day as part what? of the show. it's like he here. does
4: this for That's,
1: a living. Pro's That's a
4: mention Pro. right there. Pre- presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: Oh, Ooh. getting all the mentions out of the way, so I don't like know how, how
4: that works. works. All right, Amber, here we go. Jameis Winston will lead the New Orleans Saints to the postseason. You're going to respect it. Or are you going to check it?
1: That's
2: why you're the executive producer of KJM now, because you just get it all done. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think we'll get it done in regards to looking a little bit better, and it's all going to come down to whether he's actually available to the Saints for the entire season. I'm one who does believe that Jameis Winston, although the interceptions are there, that you don't have that many touchdowns without some serious talent. I don't know what it's going to look like with Dennis Allen now at the helm, but I'd like to believe that Jameis Winston can kind of turn things around for his NFL I felt like he was robbed of the opportunity to do that last season when he was off to a hot start so playoffs sure Super Bowl no everyone needs to calm down about the Saints this season but I'll, I'll sure I'll respect it fine.
1: you know I'll respect it too because I think the NFC South the NFC East and the NFC West are the Two, three divisions that end up getting one of those wild card spots. So I'm going ahead and giving one to Philly. I'm giving one to the San Francisco 49ers, and I'll go ahead and give one to the New Orleans Saints. This roster is incredibly talented. They made some good additions offensively at the receiver at the receiver spot because you know we don't know what Michael Thomas is going to look like because we haven't seen him since he hurt his ankle. Subsequently, had surgery and still has not been cleared to play just yet. Jameis Winston does have the insulation and support of a good supporting cast around him, Alvin Kamara in that mix as well. But in addition to that, this defense still is pretty good. I know there's some questions about Marcus Davenport and the health and, you know, who's going to be starting opposite Cam Jordan at defensive end. But I look at this team, I think that they are still a very big threat to make the postseason. Jameis Winston, you know, just don't turn the ball over at the same clip that you did the last time you were a full-time starter. Last year he played six games. Now we know he is the guy in New Orleans. So it's his team and it's his opportunity to lead the New Orleans Saints to the postseason. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson sitting in for the guys on this beautiful Thursday evening. Coming up next, what does Lamar Jackson have to do to quiet his doubters? We get into that next. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
0: You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio.
1: So Bernard Pollard, a former safety for the Baltimore Ravens, has spoken, and Lamar Jackson, the current quarterback of the Ravens, has responded. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, sitting in for the guys. Um, what did you make of the interaction between Pollard and Jackson did you hate it or did you like it
2: I like the beef. I'm here for a good Twitter beef in 2022. And I'm here for athletes that speak their minds and former athletes that do, right? Like I think trash talking's fun. So I always want more of it in my sports. I'm sure it broke some sort of football player code that you're not supposed to go after another player, even if you're a former player, particularly one that wears the same uniform that you used to wear. But I find it entertaining from the outside looking in. Sure.
1: All right, let's welcome in Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, joining Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson on Canty and Carlin Field. What does Lamar Jackson need to do in order to gain respect where the sort of Twitter beefs, uh, top 10 list he's being snubbed from, so all those things won't happen next year?
3: Yeah, Courtney, and thanks for having me on, ladies. I, I think I've realized a couple things. Is that first of all, like Twitter is rarely representative of the masses, right? It, it can be, but it's not always the case. And one person spouting off with uh, 280 characters at his or her disposal does not necessarily re- reflect how I think most of them feel about an individual. But I would say, as far as Lamar Jackson and the NFL is concerned, because Jeremy Fowler did poll over 50 executives and scouts and coaches, is that That struck me as like a recency bias issue. Mm -hmm. And Lamar Jackson was hurt last year. He did not play great in his last national TV game before he basically was out for the rest of the year. And those kind of things stick in your mind. It happens for the better and the worse, right? You remember star performances from play. You also remember dud performances. So I know Lamar has been a bit of a lightning rod since the pre-draft process. But as far as I'm concerned, when he's on the field, He's playing, I mean, I think if I were a defensive coordinator, he'd cause about as many sleepless nights as you can jam into a week as maybe only like two or three other quarterbacks in the league.
2: Field, one of the things that Bernard Pollard said, though, that struck me a little bit was he went after Lamar in terms of wide receivers not wanting to play with him. And obviously, we just saw Hollywood Brown leave. Hollywood Brown came out on Twitter. He defended Lamar Jackson. Do you think that there's any legitimacy, though, to, to that, that there is this idea that people don't want to play with Lamar Jackson?
3: Here's what I'm going to say on that: is I have zero. I have heard zero examples of such being the case. Now, does that mean that I've talked to every wide receiver or agent for a wide receiver and that, that person has told me that's not the case? No, of course not. But no one has ever mentioned that idea to me that, hey, I have a client who does not want to go play with Lamar Jackson. I mean, they have not necessarily been extremely active in the wide receiver market over the past few years. But like, look at there are plenty of teams that's the example that's the case, right? Like, how many free agent wide receivers have the Packers acquired over the past couple of years? Do wide receivers not want to play with Aaron Rodgers? Right. The answer is you know, probably that receivers would be happy to play with Aaron Rodgers and they'd be happy to play with Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, in 2019 led the NFL in passing touchdowns. I would think most wideouts would be happy to play with a quarterback who can lead the NFL in passing touchdowns. I understand the system beef, which Hollywood Brown – Uh, has has sort of referenced in that, like, the Ravens at their core are going to run the football a ton, and the best pass catcher in their offense, and so proven further, is Mark Andrews' tight
0: end.
1: Talking with Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider here on Canty and Carlin. So this is list season because today is July 14th, Mm. and I wanted to ask you about something that I read in our other list Um, about the running backs. And and Saquon Barkley was number 1 on this list two years ago. Now he's an honorable mention candidate. So there was a quote from a, a, a veteran NFL offensive coach, is what this says. Quote, I'm down on him. He still doesn't know how to play running back enough. End quote. What do you make of that?
3: I don't know. My brain is not functional enough, apparently. I don't know if I didn't drink enough coffee this afternoon, but I'm not sure what to say about that one. Um again, this is recency, right? I mean, Saquon, if, if you're going to make an argument against Saquon, it's pretty simple. Availability, right? And I'd say that, and the fact that if you go and break down the numbers, that Saquon has been more boomer bust with his runs than other running backs who are in that elite category, that he's as prone as almost anybody when he's healthy to a 50-yard run, but he might have more three-yard and a cloud of dust runs, and than- Certainly, offensive line play is part of it, but we have seen other running backs in that Giants offense, two up yards, Devontae Booker being a most recent example, at a similar or even better yards per average clip than Saquon Barkley. So I I am – listen, it's hard to sit here and be like the Saquon apologist right now, but I'm not so down on Saquon. As a matter of fact, I think that a year from now when he hits free agency – he could be one of the most compelling players because whether you believe in paying for running backs or not, we haven't seen a running back of his caliber hit the open market in quite some time.
2: Field. We are in the midst of our ESPN radio two a days. We broke down the Colts and the saints today and the saints, obviously a new era there in new Orleans. Are you one who believes in Jameis Winston though, even under the leadership of Dennis Allen? I mean, we only got to see it healthy for six games last season.
3: Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm like the wrong person to be doing lists. Uh, as Courtney referenced a little a few minutes ago, this is list season. By the way, I think you guys topped the list of most hours logged on ESPN networks this summer. Like every time I <laughs> turn on the radio or TV, it's one or both of you talking. So that's a list of hey Hey. But what I will say is that like with quarterbacks, it tends to be that you either like wholeheartedly believe in a player or you don't. And I'm sort of like, Yeah, I think Jameis is like a solid starting quarterback if the pieces in place around him are solid as well. Do I think that if the Saints play really good defense, as I expect them to, and Jameis stays healthy, that they can be good enough to make the playoffs? Yeah. But I tend to categorize quarterbacks in like I have a tier of them that is on their own. Might be like four or five, the Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, Allen types. Then you have the next sort of group, which is like, can, you know, franchise quarterbacks and can carry you, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, guys of that sort of caliber, Matthew Stafford, et cetera. Uh, and then we have what I would call like this. I used to call it the sliding scale of Jay Cutler when he was still in the league. And what I mean by that is in a given week, he can play really well. And you can be like, wow, Jay Cutler might be a top 12 quarterback or Jameis Winston might be a top 12 quarterback. Then they can have a game where he throws more t- interceptions than touchdowns. and. Maybe the only touchdown he throws is a pick six. And you're like, nah, no way. That guy's not even a top 20 quarterback. And I tend to think that Jameis is in that middle class where his best looks really good. But we know turnover-prone Jameis can be an historic turnover-prone Jameis.
1: He is Field Yates, ESPN, NFL insider, joining Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson here on Canty and Carlin. By the way, I'm not
2: sure how interested anybody would be in the list of who's logged the most hours of ESPN radio, but I do appreciate us being on it, Courtney.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we definitely appreciate the shout-out. We, um, we are grinding, uh, burning the candle at both ends here, as we know that you are, as well, Field, getting ready for training camp, which starts in two weeks, I believe. I should know this. I cover an yeah. NFL team. Um, but it's exciting. There's a lot to get to over the next couple weeks as we start getting a little bit closer to NFL football becoming a reality for us in 2022. Field, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it
3: no problem have a great rest of the show and you guys deserve like three months off after this so yeah. i i am hereby uh, granting permission for such three months
1: i will you take that it. to my editor and i will <laughs> use it effective immediately thank you field
3: <laughs> all right guys take care
1: coming up next did you add to your legacy today if so what did you do candy and carlin espn radio did
0: you miss candy and carlin
1: Cronin, Amber Wilson, coming to you from the seaport in New York City. This is Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. So, Well, you're coming I'm to us coming from the seaport in New York City. And, and you I'm may be stressed. coming to
2: us from New York City indefinitely because you're really cutting it close here with this flight that you have to catch after this show.
1: I'm a little worried, so I've got to get to LaGuardia from the financial district. For those listening, you know how far that is. And I've got to make it to check my bag by... 8 o'clock, because my flight's 9 p.m. Eastern time, and we get off air here at 6.54.37. So I've already got my lift ordered. I have my bag packed. I'm going to be, like, sprinting out of here. I think that it's safe to say, Amber, I will add to my legacy the way that Kevin Durant asked how we're doing it, what we're doing to get there, if I'm able to make my flight And get food beforehand. Like, I know that I would not be adding to my legacy by just like walking onto the plane because realistically, like, if I can get there and give myself an hour, like, that's cake. That's not a hard thing to do. But if I can make it through TSA and get to like a restaurant, pick up that get the junior cheesecake that I want. That's really what I want. Um, and then get to the plane. Like that to me is like champion level, adding to my legacy.
2: My legacy is such that last time I was doing shows at a seaport, I missed the flight on the way up because i had to check a bag and they wouldn't let me check it i had like 45 minutes left and mm-hmm. so they cut it off at an hour uh and then i missed that flight i go home i pack a carry-on so then i make the next flight up so i'm only on with a carry-on bag but then flying out of new york city i had time to kill at seaport i'm like oh i have plenty of time because i forgot rush hour in new york city is non-stop all all hours of all days and so i thought i had plenty of time to get laguardia So I stop at a restaurant real quick to get a quick bite to eat. I run into somebody in New York City that I know, which is pretty remarkable considering the amount of people there. And there's some wine being served at lunch, Courtney. And one thing you leads just to another. Missing. I'm running through LaGuardia trying to make my flight, even oh though gosh. I didn't have a bag to check. And I also miss my plane home. So I managed in one trip to miss my flight there and my flight home. That's my legacy. I would say you
1: destroyed your legacy <laughs> by doing it that way. Um, I'm going to be putting the limits of physics to the test here, trying to get my bag checked before the hour cutoff mark. I'm really hoping that for domestic flights, it's forty. Five minutes at LaGuardia. I am flying to another major city. Um, I might as well just give you guys my confirmation number at this point. Yeah, so you Seriously, can, like, be careful out, what you're doing here. Check up on me and make sure that I made my flight tonight, but uh, <laughs> that will be me adding to my legacy. I will let you know on um, a later show if I am able to achieve such a feat. Kevin Durant asking us if we have added to our legacy. I guess we'll find out if I did. Coming down the stretch here on Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin Amber Wilson sitting in for the guys. Want to thank our all-star lineup of guests that stopped by the show today. Kevin Bowen host of Kevin and Query on 107.5, the fan in Indianapolis, talked a little DeAndre Ayton and his offer sheet with the Pacers and helped us break down our Indianapolis Colts preview for the ESPN two-a-days marathon, which continues leading into training camp in a couple weeks. Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, also stopped by. Gus Kattengell, host of the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM, Doing the exact same thing, helping us break down those New Orleans Saints. Will Jameis Winston be a different version of himself moving forward? Or can we expect to see him regress to the interception-prone Jameis Winston that was the quarterback in Tampa Bay? And Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider, helping us figure out what Lamar Jackson needs to do to finally silence his haters. So we've got to get out of here soon. But before we do, it is time to go three and out.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out.
1: Okay, so speaking of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, the head coach, former head coach of the Saints, who is not coaching this year because he retired, um... Is Mulling a return to coaching in two thousand twenty three? The options Dolphins, Cowboys, and Chargers. Now we know Amber he has ties to Dallas. He spent a lot of the years there under Bill Parcells. But when I give you those three teams, which is the most attractive job opening, potential job opening. Remember, some of these still have coaches. Um, all of them do, actually. What's <laughs> yeah. the, what's None the, of them are actual job
2: openings right now at all whatsoever. I mean, Sean Payton's always going to be linked to the Cowboys. I think that's always going to be a story. And there's an assumption there, Courtney, that it's America's team, right? And what that team means, what that market means. It's maybe not a job that everybody would want because of the presence of Jerry Jones and the control that Jerry Jones maintains in that organization. I still think, though, you're talking about one of the most high-profile jobs in the NFL and because of his connection there, it's certainly a good job for Sean Payton. That Chargers team is the best of these three teams, I think, in terms of talent. Right now, it's currently slated in the direction you feel like it's going. Also, particularly with Justin Herbert at the helm, because we're all so convinced that he's an excellent, excellent quarterback. He just has to match it in the wins column, and we'll find out if they're able to do that with an upgraded Chargers team this season. So that would be a good job from that perspective. The Miami Dolphins is the interesting one to me because the I Miami surprised Dolphins don't see that on the list because well, it's it makes because me think the-
1: like would they Heart ways with Mike McDaniel after one year.
2: Well, the plan was—I mean, it seems like allegedly, reportedly, it seems like the plan may have actually been to hire Sean Payton, and that Sean Payton's retirement may have actually not been a retirement. It may have been to go to the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady's retirement may have actually never been a retirement. It may have been to try to become the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. All of those rumors out there. There's a lot of tea leaves to be read. There seems to maybe be some legitimacy to it. There hasn't been some strong denials out of certain places. Courtney. So it's really interesting because it does feel like Stephen Ross and Sean Payton did maybe have it in the works at one point. Do they pivot from Mike McDaniel after a year, particularly if he's successful? It's hard to imagine, but a big question mark with McDaniel. That's
1: an interesting theory, too. Maybe that this was like all a giant pivot after the Brian Flores situation in Miami, and then they had to go to Mike McDaniel because they couldn't just go ahead and hire Sean uh, Sean um, Payton after and try to you know, get
2: Tom Brady and some yeah. sort of you know and once Flores filed his lawsuit it seems like the plan yeah. dramatically changed
1: absolutely this is Canty and Carlin ESPN radio and the ESPN app Le'Veon Bell says he's shifting his focus to boxing he's not going to play in the NFL this season hasn't played in quite a bit he's going to fight I believe it's Adrian Peterson at the end of this month what do you make of it I mean, I make nothing of
2: this. I didn't think Le'Veon Bell was going to play in the NFL this season anyways, right? And honestly, I'm not one. Like, I don't know how you feel, Courtney. I have zero interest in watching guys from other sports who are retired fight each other. I just, I like fighting. I like boxing. Like, it's cool and all. I just like to see boxers box. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, actual boxers that are actually good at it and know what they're doing. And it's their actual craft. Not football players who decide to take it up on the back end when their bodies are breaking down on them.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure how I feel about this one. Like, obviously, it's a money grab. Adrian Peterson tried, like, heck to stay in the NFL until he was 40 years old as a running back. And, you know... You got to give him some credit for some of the things he did to keep himself a viable option. I mean, you can remember him with Washington uh, the last couple years, and, and and kind of where all he's bounced around. But he will be fighting Le'Veon Bell. My money's on AP. Just like look at the size of the guy's hands uh, and what we've heard about how strong his handshake is. I think that that will be an early TKO. For you're calling it Adrian Peterson. I'm. I mean, Le'Veon Bell isn't small, here. so no, I, he's but- not. So we don't know. And, and,
2: you know, it's not a surprise these guys are competitive, Courtney, yeah. right? Like, they're competitive. They want to stay in the limelight. They like the entertainment value. And they're athletes. And boxing's incredibly hard from a cardiovascular perspective, right? Sure so I'm not surprised is. they want to challenge themselves. I just think it's silly. Like, I don't know who's paying for it. But I'm probably not. Probably Unless it's not ESPN, you, probably not. In me. which case, everybody should. <laughs>
1: All right. Speaking of, it is our executive producer Shannon Penn's last day here yes. at Canty and Carlin. He is on to KJM starting next week. Shannon, we want to thank you for everything you've done for both me and Amber. There he is on the ESPN Plus we will stream. Miss you, Say hi, Shannon, Shannon Penn. Say hi. We are definitely gonna miss you, but I'm excited uh to see what you bring to the morning show, and I'm excited for us to continue to roll on here at Canty and Carl and Canty and Carlin. In the coming weeks, plenty more NFL content coming up your way with our two-a-day series as training camp wears on. There's Shannon. Everybody say goodbye. Thoughts and prayers to my sleep. That's my producer. Shannon Fitz coming up next.
0: Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.